Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Siddhartha Venkat Ramakrishnan from the Comment and Analysis Desk. Who should take responsibility, moral, ethical and legal, for the actions of robots? Manufacturers, programmers, users, or the robots themselves? Technology is increasingly blurring the boundaries between people and instruments, says John Thornhill. What happens when robots act in ways that cannot be predicted? There is urgent debate needed about the challenges that thinking moral machines would bring, John says. Maximum Overdrive has entered movie legend as one of the worst films ever made. The 1986 science fiction, horror, comedy film imagined a world in which inanimate objects, including bulldozers, chainsaws and electric hairdryers, came to life and started massacring people. Even Stephen King, the best-selling author who wrote and directed the film, described it as a moron movie. But real life came tragically close to imitating fiction during the filming of Maximum Overdrive, when a radio-controlled lawnmower ran into the set and badly wounded the director of photography, who lost an eye. He sued Mr King and 17 others for $18 million for unsafe working practices before eventually settling out of court. In some respects, the history of this film exemplifies much of the popular debate about automation, robots and artificial intelligence. While we seem to panic about the existential threats such technologies may pose to mankind in the distant future, we are in danger of overlooking some of the more immediate concerns about how to manage our mechanical creations. Who should take moral, ethical and legal responsibility for the actions of our increasingly ubiquitous robots? Should it be the manufacturers, programmers or users? In the longer run, when they acquire higher powers of cognition and perhaps consciousness, should it even be the robots themselves? In his forthcoming book, Android Dreams, Toby Walsh, Professor of Artificial Intelligence at the University of New South Wales, argues that the development of thinking machines is as bold and ambitious an adventure as mankind has ever attempted. He writes... Like the Copernican Revolution, it will fundamentally change how we see ourselves in the universe. Such issues are becoming all the more urgent, given the explosive growth in the number of drones, driverless cars, and medical, educational and domestic robots whizzing around our streets, homes and skies. While this robot revolution promises to improve the human condition, it also threatens to unleash a disruptive economic force. Ryan Kahlo, a law professor at the University of Washington, says that we tend to talk about robots as if they are a future technology, ignoring the fact that we have already been living with them for several decades. He says, If you want to envisage the future in the 1920s, 1940s, 1980s or in 2017, then you think of robots. But the reality is that robots have been in our societies since the 1950s. In his paper, Robots in American Law, 
Mr. Kalo studied nine legal cases over the past six decades involving robots and found that much of the judicial reasoning was based on poor, often outdated views of technology. He concluded, Robots confront courts with unique legal challenges that judges are not well positioned to address. The cases mostly revolved around whether robots could be considered surrogates for people, if they should be deemed animate for the purposes of import tariffs, whether they could perform as entertainers in a concert hall, and whether an unmanned robot submarine could possess a wreck for the purposes of salvage claims. Judges had a very strong mental model of robots as programmable tools or discretionless machines, Mr. Kalo found. But that view is looking increasingly anachronistic as machines assume embodied, sometimes humanoid form, and are demonstrating what roboticists call emergent behaviour. Mr. Kalo says, Emergence is a property that robots will behave in ways that the system cannot anticipate. It is not autonomy in a philosophical sense, but it raises the prospect of having victims without perpetrators. For example, some high-speed trading algorithms are learning from patterns in financial markets and responding in ways that their creators cannot predict, perhaps not even understand. Driverless cars are being developed to respond to events in real time, one hopes, rather than pre-programmed to anticipate every situation on the road. Earlier this month, 116 founders of robotics and AI companies signed a petition calling for the outright banning of killer robots, known as Lethal Autonomous Weapon Systems, or LAWS. The use of such weapon systems crossed a moral red line, they claim. Only humans should be permitted to kill humans. Ryan Garieppi, founder of Ontario-based ClearPath Robotics, says, We should not lose sight of the fact that, unlike other potential manifestations of AI that still remain in the realm of science fiction, autonomous weapon systems are on the cusp of development right now. The development of lethal autonomous weapon systems is unwise, unethical, and should be banned on an international scale. However, drawing neat lines between humans and robots in this fast-evolving world is tricky. The latest technologies are blurring the line between people and instruments, making robots agentic, if not necessarily agents. Although today's robots would fail the legal test of mens rea, that is, having intent to commit an offence, they still appear responsible for their actions in a layman's sense of the term. A second big development in robotics, which muddies the picture still further, is the embodiment of AI in physical, sometimes humanoid form. Henny Admoni, an assistant professor in the Robotics Institute at Carnegie Mellon University, says that historically most robots have operated separately from humans, doing dull, dirty and dangerous work, mostly in industrial settings. But that is now changing fast with the arrival of chatbots, drones and domestic robots. She says, Over the past ten years we have seen a rise of robots intended to engage directly with people. That has spurred a fast-developing academic field known as human-robot interaction. Robotics departments of both universities and companies have been hiring sociologists, anthropologists, lawyers, philosophers and ethicists to inform how these interactions should evolve. Miss Admoni says, In a legal and moral sense, robots are machines that are programmed by people and designed by people. But we do want robots to act autonomously. We do want robots that can handle new situations. 
ethics is a very recent addition to the conversation because robots can do things independently now. Some of the most striking humanoid robots have been built by David Hansen, founder of Hong Kong-based Hansen Robotics. His best-known creation is Sophia, a spookily lifelike robot that appeared recently on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Mr Hansen says that the artificial intelligence systems are becoming increasingly good at understanding verbal communication as a result of natural language processing technology. But he argues that robots should also learn non-verbal means of communication, such as facial expressions and hand gestures. We need them to understand human behaviours, cultures and values too. The best way to do that, he says, is to enable robots to learn, like babies do, by living with and interacting with humans. By developing bio-inspired intelligent algorithms and allowing them to absorb rich social data via sophisticated sensors, we can create smarter and faster robots, Mr Hansen says. That will inexorably lead to the point where the technology will be, quote, literally alive, self-sufficient, emergent, feeling, aware. He says... I want robots to learn to love and what it means to be loved and not just love in the small sense. Yes, we want robots capable of friendship and familial love, of this kind of bonding. However, we also want robots to love in a bigger sense, in the sense of the Greek word agape, which means higher love, to learn to value information, social relationships, humanity. Mr Hansen argues that a profound shift will happen when machines begin to understand the consequences of their actions and invent solutions to their everyday challenges. He says, When machines can reason this way, then they can begin to perform acts of moral imagination. And this is somewhat speculative, but I believe that it's coming within our lifetimes. If we can truly create such moral machines, then that raises a whole host of new questions and challenges. Would the robot or its owner possess the rights of its data? Could robots be said to have their own legal identity? Should they, as Mr Hansen argues, even be able to earn rights? Mr Hansen is on the outer edges of the robot debate, and his notions seem fantastical today, but there are good reasons for beginning to debate such issues. For different instrumental legal reasons, all US corporations and some sacred Indian rivers have already been granted the status of personhood. The UK has also given additional legal protection to one invertebrate, the octopus, because it is a higher form of sentience. Will future robots be so different? Murray Shanahan, Professor of Cognitive Robotics at Imperial College in London and Senior Research Scientist at Google DeepMind, says that we have already reached the point when we should take responsibility for some of our mechanical creations, just as we do for great works of art. He says... We have a moral responsibility not to destroy the Mona Lisa because it is a remarkable artefact, or an archive, or any object that has immense emotional attachment. But he argues that there are great dangers in anthropomorphizing systems of intelligence if that leads to misinterpretations and misunderstandings of the underlying technology. Manufacturers should not try to trick users into believing that robots have more capabilities than they possess. He says... People should not be fooled into thinking that robots are smarter than they actually are. Mr Shanahan argues that it is important to distinguish between cognition and consciousness to determine the extent of our responsibilities towards machines, saying, 
At the moment, I think it is completely inappropriate to talk about robot rights. We do not have any moral responsibilities in that respect. But I am not saying that it will never be appropriate. I agree that robots could one day have a consciousness, but they would first have to have the ability to play, to build things and take a chocolate biscuit out of a jar on a shelf, he adds. For the moment, few politicians appear interested in such debates. But a grassroots movement of academics and entrepreneurs is beginning to push these issues higher up the public agenda. In the US, some academics, such as Mr Kahlo, have been arguing for the creation of a federal robotics commission to examine the moral and legal issues surrounding the use of smart machines. Mr Kahlo says that this case is beginning to gain some limited traction in Congress, if not the Trump administration. Earlier this year, members of the European Parliament passed a resolution calling on the European Commission to establish a similar expert agency for robotics and AI and draw up EU-wide rules. In particular, MEPs urged the Commission to focus on safety and privacy issues and consider giving robots a form of electronic personhood. Some powerful US West Coast entrepreneurs also seem intent on generating a debate. Earlier this month, Elon Musk, the tech entrepreneur behind Tesla Motors and SpaceX, who backed the ban on lethal autonomous weapon systems, called for broader regulation. He tweeted, Nobody likes being regulated, but everything, cars, planes, food, drugs, etc., that's a danger to the public is regulated. AI should be too. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.